Well, good morning, everybody. A little bit of a test as we start up. Who's been here for the colour series? Has there been a few of us around? Geordie, I feel like. Geordie always has the answer. Geordie, you need to hold off for a bit. Let the other people have a go. I feel like she's very, she's a great student. We always like an A student. I feel like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, she says. Okay, week one. Who remembers what colour and what we did? Red and it represented? Love. Yes, that's right. And week two? Orange representing? Who's had a great adventure? Has anyone had a great adventure? Maybe not. Hands are down. Uh, Week three. What was that? And? Go right. Who's been going? Who's had a great week this week? Just getting getting it done, getting forward. Well, this morning we're going to unpack another colour. And this morning as we're looking at this colour, the initial thought behind it, the colour is pink, um, not black, um, the colour is pink. And um, as I was thinking about this colour and what it represents, which is inner peace, my idea and my thought around inner peace was actually one that I, actually isn't that correct. My thought around inner peace was that, you know, everything's good, everything's calm, everything's going well, everything's okay is what I thought inner peace actually was. And as I was looking up inner peace, as I've been studying what that looks like to be at a place where there is peace in our lives, it comes out with, it's not a dull life or a, you know, mediocre life. What it is, is a life that is lived alive and full. Who's excited about that? Who wants to live in a life, full life? As we um, look at this idea of inner peace... What I've been um, reading, what I've been seeing as I've researched this, is this inner peace has a lot to do with what's going on in our heads. (laughs) What occupies the space in our minds, what occupies that and what takes up the space in that. And as I've been reading that, um, there was one article that looked at the analogy of a room being filled with stuff. Anyone had teenagers, got a teenager? what their rooms look like. You know how they can become very full, very cluttered, you know, underpants on the floor, clothes thrown everywhere. You sort of navigate to try to find the bed in the room. I have currently a 16-year-old and, and that is the way the room looks. It is very full. It has a lot in there. There's stuff that piles up. You don't need to put that in the wash. Why do you need to put that in the wash? It's only sweaty from basketball. It can stay there another week. Um, all these things that accumulate... And what happens is, if we take this picture of a room, it might be your spare bedroom. You know, everyone has that spare bedroom. And you start, oh, I'll just put that in the room, I'll put that in the room, and it becomes fuller and fuller and fuller. And we get used to it. The teenager gets used to living in that space and the minimal amount of space in there. And that just becomes the normal. For our minds, sometimes those thoughts that fill our thoughts, fill our minds, the stresses, the worries, the fears, the concerns that have been maybe been there for all our lives or for a long period of time, just start to become the normal. Start to become what occupies the most space in our mind. And this morning, as we look at inner peace, look at this idea that our lives aren't being fully lived when all that stuff is occupying space. Has anyone had a great old spring clean-up? I'm in the process of doing that. It gets a bit messy, right, Dean, in the process of cleaning up and emptying out rooms and actually also um, looked at Mari Kondo, is that her name? 
Who's now? Come on. She just walks in gracefully and peacefully. I really, what I really appreciate with her is that even when they want to keep like these rubbish things, she's so graceful and peaceful. Like, if that brings you joy, you keep it. But um, this idea that you imagine if we take a room, our spare room, whatever it is that we've cleaned out, it starts, that room starts to feel a little bit more spacious. A little bit like, wow, there's heaps of room in this space for things to happen. For our minds, for our thoughts, for our inner peace, the things that are in our life that we are thinking on, that we are dwelling on, what it will look like for us to empty that stuff out. The stuff that holds place in our minds, that holds our thoughts, dictates our attention, dictates our thoughts going here, there and everywhere. What would it look like? where we don't have these stresses, these worries, these concerns occupying and taking up all our attention. This morning we're going to open up um, a part of a scripture in Matthew and we're going to look at, well, what does that look like for us? To be able to fully live a life, to be able to fully live in this space where there is spacious space in our minds and in our thoughts that we can live life and live it fully. We're going to open that up this morning. In Mark 1, 35 to 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. As we look at Jesus' pattern, and if you're maybe new here, new to church, and um, you know, like myself, you started off in the Old Testament way back when, and you're like, wow, what is going on here? Um, Here's one thing that we do see about Jesus, that whilst... He had come in his ministry and he had been doing healing, signs, wonders, feeding thousands of people. In the midst of all of that, what we see in the life and the rhythm of Jesus' life is that he withdrew to a solitary place. Who was here at the start of the year with Rhythm and Flow? I have mentioned this um, many times throughout the year. This idea of what are our rhythms? What are those things that we started off in January and we said, like, I want, to, I want that to be a rhythm for my life. This idea of withdrawing, this idea of um, going to a place, a solitary place, we see in Jesus' life where he went and he escaped crowds, where he escaped um, all the, the things and the needs of the communities to withdraw to a place where he met with the Father. To withdraw to a place where he, I would say, recalibrated, looked to the Father, he was topped up, he got what he needed, and then he went back on. And whilst we're not feeding thousands of people tomorrow, and um, we're not necessarily performing miracles each and every day, that rhythm for our life, the idea of withdrawing, the idea of finding a place where we can have this inner peace is one that is very vital for us. It is one that is important for the rhythm of our lives. I was reading a book and an, um, called Stillness is the Key, Ryan Holiday, 
Um, it was the author of this. And there was this guy that did this survey on heaps of CEOs in Wall Street. Now, these CEOs in Wall Street are making high decisions, decision-making often. They're um, fast-paced. They've got heaps going on. They're, they're, they're holding a lot of weight and responsibility. And so this guy is interviewing hundreds of these executives, hundreds of these guys, that lives and the rhythm of their life is so demanding. And he, he took a few of them and he, he asked them this question, well, how do you recharge? What do you do in your downtime? What do you do in that space where, you know, the pressures of work, the pressures of decision-making, the pressures of all what's coming at you, what do you do for your downtime? And the answers were um, things like this. Sailing, long-distance cycling, listening quietly to classical music, scuba diving, riding motorcycles, fly fishing. Anyone liking any of these? All these activities, he noticed this one thing. They were all had the same thing in common, an absence of voices. There were no other voices in their ear there was no other voices coming at them. It was a space where they could go and truly be recharged without any distractions, without anything coming at them. Now, whilst for some of us, you know, going away and um, praying and journaling may not be your thing, but what is the thing that is going to allow you to be able to tune out the voices in your world? If you're a young parent in this space, you would know that going to the toilet is very difficult even without a little voice at you. It is just often very hard. So then how do we create a space where we can get this stuff that's occupying the spaces in our mind and be able to empty them out? To be able to not have voices that are external coming at us. To be able to create that space where we can truly think or not think, whatever that is needed. To be able to create space in our lives where there truly can be space for us to think or not think. Because our lives become full whether you're home with little people, whether you're working, whether you're in school, exam season, whatever those things are that are occupying our space, what are those things that actually can be offloaded, that can create space in our life? For myself, a, a rhythm that I like and I really enjoy in this space of being able to get away from all the other voices is I love the drive to Durian Bay. Who loves Durian Bay? That seal that, you know, I haven't seen the seal for a very long time, but um, there was a seal that used to go up near the, in the um, little, what is it, bridgey bit. And um, I drive up there. It's a two-hour drive. That's how long it takes me to download everything that's going through the mind and through the head. I enjoy that space where, you know, you can listen to music or um, can just turn it off in silence. And to be able to get all the daily thinking, all the daily thoughts, all the to-do lists, all the things that need to take place and to be able to take them out of that space, out of that room, to be able to clear space. And for me to walk down the beach and to be able to pray and journal, that's something I enjoy, there's a little cafe there I go to. But what takes place in that space is now I start dreaming, 
creativity comes, be able to think beyond um, just the to-do list, to be able to start dreaming a little bit bigger, to be able to hear the picture of what God has for my life. It starts recalibrating to the things I actually want to be a part of, the things that are actually things that I intend to do in my own life, as opposed to all the to-do lists that needs to be done. Because sometimes those to-do lists aren't necessarily lined up with what you want to be about. So what does it look like for us to be able to create space and download all those thoughts from our minds and create that space where, you know, we do align back, you know, to that creativity, to the, um, to the picture of what we want our lives about. You know, what we want to do in a year, what we want to do in a month, what we want to do in a week's time. The things that are important to us. What are some of those things that start forming and get creative in that space where we start um, be able to dream and the clarity and the focus comes? That in those spaces of quiet, in those spaces where your mind is not filled with all those other things, it now has space to think in a different way. People sometimes can have difficulty being able to... um, keep these external voices, these external stresses away from our lives, to be able to, you know, all the demands, all the pressures that come at us. So finding joy, finding these spaces where we can be, um, just be, to be able to be and to be able to to hear maybe the thoughts of God, to be able to hear what you're about, to be able to hear your thoughts and not everyone else's thoughts are important places. You know, Jesus over here, as we read this story, we saw that Simon and his companions are coming at Jesus. You know, he's, he's withdrew, he's gone to this place where he's um, in silence, and he's, he's quiet, he's in this space of prayer. And then Simon and his friends come at him, and their companions like, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. What are you doing? What are you? I'm sure they're um, intending great things for Jesus here. But for each one of you and for all the people pleasers in the room, we'd be like, yeah, what do you want? Let's go do that thing. But what does it look like for us if we know what we're about, if we have clarity and focus on what we're about, the things that come at us externally, the stresses, the different things that will come at us, won't dictate and pull us to a place that we don't want to go. Actually, what we start feeling in this space is that we know what we're about and our decision-making is made accordingly. People's agendas are not necessarily our agendas. They might think it's great for you to come and be a part of, but not necessarily you have to. So what does it look like for us to be able able to have clarity and focus on what we're about? I've got a video here that I'd love to um, play for us if Steve-O's got that up there. And um, you may have seen this. There's two dogs. They're on the same mission. Um, One does it a little bit differently than the other, and we'll just take a look now.
<laughs> Who's seen that before? Have, have, you're, you're not denying. You're like, I'm denying that. No, I haven't seen it before. Uh, maybe my friend Steve-O first showed me that. I don't know why. Um, it was because I am exactly that golden retriever. Um, going down the staff offices, he's like, Michelle, come and let's go do this. I don't know, whatever it was, it was many years ago. And I like stopped at every, like, whilst that dog stopped at every food thing, I stopped in every office before I got down there. Um, but what that does show us in the most humorous way is that our focus and our attention to what we're about as we know the clarity of what we're, what we're setting out to do. You know, sometimes these side things will pull us for our attention. Not They may be good things, but are they the thing that is required for our lives? Is that the thing that we should be about? The clarity, the space, as our minds are full and occupied with all these thoughts, sometimes our clarity isn't clear as to what we're about and therefore we will get pulled left, right, left, right, wherever we're going. But as we're fixed and we know what we're about, over here we see Jesus knew his why. You see, over here, Jesus, um, when Simon and his companions came to him and he's like, we're looking, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. He's like, okay, so let's go over here because what he knew was his why was that he wants to proclaim and preach the gospel and he needs to go to Galilee and he needs to set out and he needs to do that. So for each one of us, what are our whys? In all aspects of our lives, we'll have different things that we're about. In your work profession, in your home life, in your personal life, there's all different things. In our Christian faith, what is our why? For me, recently, a couple of months ago, I decided, actually I decided in January, and it was a couple of months I acted upon this, where I'm like, okay... I need to do something about my health. I need to make a decision about this. And my why is going to be, I'm going to lose 10 kilos by the end of the year. And so I joined up Renegade's um, gym and um, <laughs> um, Julia and myself, high five, 6.45 in the morning. And Ben, is Ben up there? I can't see, he's a bit dark. And I joined up for, and this is six-week program. They give you what to eat and you'll train and there's a lot of accountability. You post photos of your shopping. You do 10 minutes of a habit tracker to say, I'm going to drink two and a half litres of water. I'm going to sleep eight hours a day. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to have cheap meals, all these kinds of things. And it goes for six weeks. And so I decided, yes, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to help me. And they say, if you do that in that time, you'll either lose 6% body fat or eight kilos in, during that time. And I'm like, yep, sign me up for that. It's going to help me, going to get me going on, on my way to lose this 10 kilo goal. And so during that time, it was six weeks, there was one week where I was invited to five parties. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. And so I'm up at the landing, Alchemos, sipping my peppermint tea. I'm at Carambine, just having great conversation. I'm up at, um, where was the other one? The Mexican on the border. Great place. Just enjoying company. And then we have a party. Who's got a mum who loves to just feed everybody too much food? And so then we've got a, that, that was the hardest. And so then mum's like, this is healthy, it will be fine. You know, they just like anything to make you eat. And so what was very easy for me was knowing my why. My why was I am set this goal for my life and so my why will determine what I do in those spaces. 
for each one of us to be able to have our why so clear that we know what we're about. For us as Christians, and we see this season upon us, where it's the most profound season that we can have in our faith, where we have these great opportunities, Yanship carols, Heathridge carols, Mera carols, where up to 30,000 people will come and hear and sing and hear this message. What is our why? What is our why? As people who know the love of God, people that have experienced the love of the Saviour, what is our why in those spaces? Where we'll open up service, five services on Christmas Eve. What is our why? Because what we get an opportunity to be about over this season is to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus. And that may look like many amazing people, I'm seeing Michelle and Gray McLean here, who say, I want to do the toilet team. I always lie, wow, you people are the most amazing people. Because they know their why. And do you know what their why is? When people come to that toilet, they want that to be the best experience for them. That they want to have clean toilets, they get the sanitizer out. They, have you, who's been a part of that team? Um, everybody, let's give them a clap. Like, honestly. They, are, they do, I, I always like, I don't get it. Like, they are amazing. They are truly amazing. But for each one of us, when we look at our church and this great opportunity, on this season, when it becomes full, where it becomes busy, where some would call it the silly season, what I don't, the word I don't like to use is busy. The more and more I hear it, the more and more it grates on me because it, it tells me that something's dictating my life. But actually, is it full? Yes. Do I have a dull moment? Never. But what I do know is that for each one of us, our why should be clear. That in this season where everybody else would say, I am busy, it is crazy, it is whatever, we walk in with this inner peace. That we know what we're about, that we know our whys, that we live this life fully alive. We have got about six weeks left of the year. What does it look like for us to carve out space, to carve out time, to be able to go and empty all those thoughts out of our minds, to be able to clear space in our life? where we can now recalibrate, refocus, bring clarity, to be able to have that inner peace, that Jesus comes in that space for us, that he settles our hearts, that he calms our hearts, that he, he, he sparks something in our lives that is lit up, that is fired up, that is now alive in him. That's how we want to see out our end of our year. That's how I want to see out the end of my year, is that I would walk in spaces and that I would feel more alive than ever before. Not that this silly season is here, but this season is an incredible opportunity where our church, where we come alive like no other place in this year, where we come alive and we know and we sing these carols, we, we create these spaces where thousands upon thousands of people come in and we hear so many stories of people now in our church because of a message they've heard, of a space that's created something for them, that Alpha even now, we've got a couple in there who first walked in for our Mero Carols and they're now doing Alpha. 
It is an incredible opportunity we've got come upon us. So what is our why? How do we live out this rest of this year with lives that are fully alive? And as we do that, what I do recognise, that maybe this week many of us have not even had an opportunity to have a moment where there are no other voices around. And so I'm going to, in this next minute, we're going to have a minute where it's just going to be silence, where in that moment might be just the start of creating that in your own life, where we can turn up, turn out all external voices, to be able to create space in those cluttered minds of ours. So why don't we just take a moment, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll have a, a minute just to be in silence. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that your peace surpasses all understanding, that Lord, in this space where we are mindful of, Lord, all the thoughts that consume our minds, all the things that need to be done, all the things that um, are maybe weighing upon us. And for this one minute, we just put it aside or we empty it out. Lord, that you would work in our lives. That, Jesus, that there would be a peace that rests upon every heart, mind and soul. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, that we can trust you with all those things in our lives. That, Lord, that we can place them in your hand. And Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would lead and continually lead us in this space. That, Lord, where our thoughts become all-consuming, where our minds become full and busy, that, Jesus, we pray that, um, that we would have promptings to empty those things out. Lord God, that um, for just a moment, in just a short time, however long that is to set aside, that we can clear those spaces and create space for you to move in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can stand. We're going to continue to sing as the team leads us.